BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Friday. You guys, this week was quite a disjointed one, but nonetheless, we made it to Friday. Would have been toast but it's looking like toast is happening on a Monday. What do you think, Claude? Is that your forecast? Good morning, everyone. Before I say anything, let me just say happy Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Hope everyone's doing well. Yes, Jackie, things are looking up. We've been COVID tested 1,000 times. I do believe we'll be able to be in studio on Monday with our sickening costume. And you know what? It'll be November 1st. It'll actually be closer to Halloween than today would have been. I so know, while we are upset, I know you don't like to do it after. I no, know. Yeah, no, I'm fine to do it after because of this. It's better than no toastoween. But in general, like, even if Halloween is like on a Thursday and then November 1st is Friday, like, I just, once it's November, I'm sorry, it's Christmas season and you better take your costumes and put them in the trunk and we're moving on to no, the I next hear you. season. But it works for Toastoween and I'm just excited that we'll be able to do it. I guess Christmas starts on November 2nd this year. Yes. Everyone, no, mark I'm your so relieved, honestly, that we're going to be able to do it. It's such an important tradition, honestly, like something that I hold really near and dear to my heart. So I'm so glad it'll be on Monday. Gird your loins for Toastoween 2021. Very exciting. And other than that, what's also exciting is that it is Friday and we are heading into some alarm-free living. This weekend's going to be like the big weekend, you know, Halloween weekend. Everyone's partying. Everyone's dressing up. I wonder what everyone's going to dress up as. I mean, I personally have no plans, obviously. Are you doing anything for Halloween this weekend? Well, so... My plans have shifted, and now I, I was invited to a soiree on Saturday. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm going to go. And if I do go, I have no costume because I wasn't supposed to be here for Halloween. Like, my plans have just been shaken up. So I might be that bitch who goes to a Halloween party not in costume, which I hate. Come, just throw on a cat ear. Yeah, yeah. No, I have, like, wigs lying around. Like, I'll just throw one on and be Kylie. Yeah, don't be nothing. I, I'm not into that. No, me neither. I'm going to try really hard to do something creative. But I've been seeing a lot of kids on TikTok being just sickening pop culture Halloween costumes. I've seen, you know, the Rancho Carne Toros and the Grover uh, and the not Grover Cleveland, the Clovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've seen Isabella and Paula. I've seen a lot of Christina, um, Christina Aguilera dirty, you know, when she wears like those low rise jeans and the bikini top. It's a cool costume, but no one can ever do it better than Kylie did it. And so why would you try? 
Agreed. But I like to see the kids out here on TikTok getting creative and doing what they can. Oh, I saw a hilarious one. Two people dressed up as the two brothers from Step Brothers, and they reenacted that scene with, like, the balls on my drum set. They were so, they were dressed so perfectly. Well, that's the thing about Halloween in 2021. Like, it's not just enough to wear a costume and go to a party. No. You also have to do, like, a sketch for your Instagram or your TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be you had to, like, get the right picture, and then you also have to, like, do a side-by-side with the real character yeah which to me is silly because if people don't know what you are based on a picture then I'm sorry you didn't you may you didn't nail it exactly but now it's like you have to do some sort of like TikTok sound like being the person like it's extremely involved it is but as a consumer I can't tell you how wonderful my for you page was today like it was just full of like people being creative pop culture references and that's what I live for but that's because your for you page is it's all the successful ones, all the ones that are popular. Obviously. You yeah, you don't see the sad ones. You didn't see the sad ones of the people who are just doing it <laughs> to do it. Stop, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, you saw the hits page. Maybe if You're you stay, so right. Maybe if you stay on TikTok long enough, which I'm sure you will at some point mm-hmm. this weekend, you'll get down to the ones that didn't make the top of the For You page. Oh my God, that is so sad. Please, no. <laughs> um, well, yes, Toastween is back. It's Friday. And, you know, yesterday, it's almost like we... We manifested this because we went on and on yesterday about how, like, especially before the show, we were talking about how, like, it's just getting harder and harder to choose stories. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the universe said, hold my beer. And there's so much to talk about today. A lot of sad news, actually. So I'm not glad, of course, that any of this is happening. But we are going to talk about, obviously, all that's going on. Yes, we are. Also, no TV recap today. We got the night off. And so Mm -hmm. I started the new Redheads book. We're reading The Kitchen Front. It's a little historical fiction with a food twist. There's like recipes. Hmm. It's really interesting. It's reminding me of the great British baking show plus Downton Abbey. If I had to. Whose selection? It's Rebecca. She's a historical fiction girly. um, And she's also what we call a heroin addict. She loves a strong female character. And this book's got four. Jesus fucking Christ. A heroin addict. That. Okay, well, I saw Margot reading. If you listen to the Redheads, that shouldn't surprise you. And I wasn't going to, you know, insult you and say heroin with an E because I figured you would know what I was meaning. No, I do. But that's just like a crazy fucking nickname. Well, she is addicted to strong female characters. Aren't we all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of heroin, I started... I got back into succession. I, I don't know if I spoke about it on the podcast. I watched the first two episodes and I'm like, this is the show. Everyone's shitting their pants over, but I'm on about to finish season one now. I love it. And I'm now at the part, spoiler alert. I mean, this is like two seasons ago where Kendall is back on drugs and it's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's good. It's chaotic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know like who I like yet. Like I like Tom, obviously. You do? Yeah, oh my God, he's funny. He's probably like my least favorite character because what? he's so weak and he's such a loser. And then the minute that he has a little bit of power over Greg, he's like bullying him, which is like, if you're going to be a loser, at least be consistent, like be sweet towards everyone. But if you get like one opportunity to bully someone and you then do to to one person what everybody else is doing to you, like you are the biggest loser. Okay, like I guess when you put it that way, sure. But I'm just watching a TV show, and I like the character. Okay, I'm I not can't thinking about it that you, deep. He's such, he's such a loser, Jackie. I have to say, I've been talking to quite a few people on Instagram. And it's like a universal thing. Like everyone loves Tom. Oh, I I didn't know that. To me, Tom is a joke. I 
after contemplation and like you know I was watching episodes I would talk about them with Zach I was like who do we like we really don't like anyone but if I have to choose I mean I'm I'm all about Logan well yeah I'm obviously, all about like it's his company and Logan his kids life. His, his kids, kids are, are so out of thirsty. control. They're so entitled. They like want to push him out of this company that he built and take it over. And it's like, what gives you the right? What have you ever done with your life? And by the way, you didn't get totally. your way one time and all of a sudden you're back on drugs. Like, what are you going to do if you're the CEO of a company and things don't go your way? No, by the way, totally. But the thing that bothers me so much about Logan is how much he, you know, really hurts his children like does really bad things to them like plants the articles and like sabotages them and it's like he's all about family and like his kids are the worst but you're supposed to be better than your kids yeah but he's like playing this cat and mouse game with his kids of like you know there's some sort of level of betrayal between everyone but at the end of the day like we are a family like there's a line that that he's not going to cross that he expects them not to cross either and they just keep crossing it. I mean, just keep watching because they just the betrayals get crazier and crazier. Mm. And it's like at, at a certain point, like you can no longer call yourselves a family. And I just right, feel like even course. though Logan fucks with his kids and like, you know, tells them they're going to get a job that they don't get, whatever, whatever. It's nothing compared to like what they do to him. What they do to him. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, also a great character is Connor. They just went on a bachelor party and they were like, he was like, you should ask the girls where they were on 9-11 so you know that they're above age. Yeah. No, he's really, he's really funny. Yeah. So it's a good show. You know, I'm glad I gave it a second chance because it was fucking boring as hell in the beginning. But now I'm like obsessed. Like I was up till like two in the morning watching. Yeah, it is really good. I enjoyed it. And it made, it makes you think. Because it's like, there's no one to like really. So it's like, who's the lesser of all evils like who yes. do you dislike the least yeah um I was also up till two in the morning because I was about to fall asleep and Theo did this thing that he does like once a year does Bruno ever do this where it's the middle of the night and he'll start like rumbling and barking at like the darkness like he sees something and I'm like freaked out I'm like oh my god there's a burglar in my house like I was reading all this stuff about Dorit like all night so I'm like oh my god now it's happening oh to me god. like I was so scared and I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, it was so fucking scary. And he went on for like 30 minutes. I couldn't fall asleep. I eventually had to put on Friends. Just it's his Theo's comfort show. So he would relax. Yeah. No, anytime Brew and I try and sleep together, that happens. And it's like, okay, Brew's not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. It doesn't happen when he sleeps on his own. So that's my solution for it. But it is, they hear, you know, they hear a lot. And they might not like what they hear, these pups. No, I think they hear, like, the neighbors and the pipes and, like, things that we can't hear, like, different decibels. But it freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, do. But he's hope, okay now. I hope he was able to get a good night's sleep regardless. He always is. Oh, the cutest do. Okay, well, without further ado, I think we should just jump right in. We've got a lot to discuss. So without further ado-do-do-do-do, where are you barking in the darkness? Mm-hmm. It is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bite Toothpaste. Did you know that over 1 billion plastic toothpaste tubes are thrown out every year, ending up in landfills and oceans? That's 50 Empire State Buildings worth of plastic every single year. So Bite is here and they are reinventing personal care by making products that are good for you and the planet. 
Their Hero product is their dry toothpaste tablets that come in a reusable glass jar and the refills come in compostable pouches. You just pop one in your mouth, bite down, and brush. It will foam up just like a regular toothpaste, but with no plastic tube or messy paste. So obviously it's amazing for the planet, but then also in actuality, on your counter, having a glass jar of those little, I love them, the little tablets, is so much cleaner than that crusty toothpaste that like gets slobbery all over the side. It's just honestly not an effective way of brushing your teeth anymore. All the um, the toothpastes are made with clean ingredients, no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or artificial dyes or flavors. Their sustainability and clean ingredients are at the center of everything that Bite does. They are certified, certified carbon neutral, cruelty-free, vegan, and palm oil-free. They're also offering our listeners 20% off your first subscription order. Go to trybite.com slash toast or use the code toast at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash toast. Wonderful. Okay, our first story, some big news that dropped right after we wrapped yesterday, which is that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Dorit Kemsley was held at gunpoint and robbed of jewelry and handbags during a 20-minute home invasion by three men while she was asleep with her kids. So Dorit was robbed at gunpoint Wednesday night during an invasion in her Encino Hills home while her children, ages 7 and 5, were in the house sleeping. Her husband, PK, was in London at the time. She was sleeping when the three men entered the house, smashing through the children's classroom door. Two of the suspects entered her bedroom as she begged, don't hurt my babies, don't kill me, I'm a mother. The men threatened to kill her and then ransacked the house, stealing jewelry and handbags. No one was injured during the incident. And coincidentally, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was scheduled to start filming yesterday. So I don't know if, you know, cameras went up. I don't think that they, they did. definitely did. Erica and Dorit both. I mean, Erica and Rinna both showed up at Dorit's house. And so I'm sure Kyle, to be a friend. But um, but also. But they had cameras outside her house all day. They saw like the workmen going in with construction boards. They saw people delivering flowers. There was no photos of like production showing hmm. up to her house. So I don't think they filmed it. I don't think they filmed at her house yesterday. But I do think the Sun was reporting that this will be the aftermath of this will be part of the show so I'm sure they'll get to filming soon but it just wasn't yesterday for Dorit okay I mean there's so many things that are like weird slash scary about this the first is that Wednesday night when which is the night that Dorit was robbed was also the night that the third part of the reunion was on and there was a whole segment segment they were talking about about Rinna like showing off on the show where all of her vintage Dior and Tom Ford dresses are hidden and how she's moved them since then because you have to be protected Kyle was robbed so it was like a topic of conversation which is just so eerie and then this news broke and I was just so shocked but then also like not shocked because I feel this way about a lot of tv shows that like focus on people's personal lives like they for the most part always show their real homes and all that information is public you know you can find pretty much any celebrity's address online and it's so scary and it like freaks me out and it's like I feel like it probably wasn't even hard for these burglars to like figure out where she lives and how to get in because like everything is so public because of the show and just because of the internet and like that really sucks and it's so scary yeah also they had a conversation on part three of the reunion about Dorit's wardrobe like does she buy everything does she own everything does she keep everything it was like a a a checklist of what's in her wardrobe and that just is extra spooky because it's like is it just complete coincidence that it happened that night or like was someone watching this like heard that and learned something yeah I don't know and also what makes it so scary is obviously that her kids were there but also PK wasn't so she was like totally alone yeah no I imagine that she's deeply traumatized from this this is the scariest 
thing ever. And also, I do feel like the women on and people on reality TV, but especially like the Beverly Hills women, considering, you know, there's a lot of like theft in LA, I do feel like they are aware of their security and like this is something that they probably think about. You know, yeah. it's not something that they would think like this could never happen, you know, because there is a lot of like celebrity burglaries in Los Angeles and their homes are out there and their wardrobes are out there and so it's like I'm sure there were probably systems in place and even still like something like this could happen yeah and you know when when this happened to Kim obviously it completely changed like her way of living and her whole mindset on material items designer clothes big diamonds and I'm curious if you know that's gonna be the same for Dorit like obviously before this she was you know, so invested and so obsessed and in love with all of her clothes and her designer bags. And I'm sure that did draw attention to her her goods at, at her house. And I wonder if that'll change for her now. Yeah, I wonder. I have to know. imagine it will. Yeah, I think I think a lot of things are going to change for her. I don't know how something like this could happen and, and it doesn't affect you permanently. This just, it's the saddest story and extremely Yeah, scary. and you know what? Really, thank God no one was hurt. Her kids are completely fine. Um, That's, it's so scary. Like, that's every woman's, or person even, like, worst nightmare. Like, you wake up and there's, like, two men standing above your bed, like, with masks on. Like, that's, oh, my God, that's my worst fear, always. Like, my my biggest nightmare. So I'm really sending Dorit a lot of love. And I just want to say, I'm seeing a lot of people on the internet I posted an Instagram story about this, being like, oh, insurance fraud scam, or, oh, good, she set this up for a storyline. Like, you guys, we cannot be that, like, desensitized to all this. I really don't think that that's the case, and I think it's really rude, and I think, like, we should have a little bit of compassion for a woman who we may not like on a TV show, but for a woman who just went through, like, a life-changing traumatic event. Yeah, it's so crazy how people jump to those conclusions, because it's like, what you're what if you're wrong and by the way you're probably wrong so like why don't you just wait you know and then if if you like if you can't muster up something like kind and and sympathetic to say like say nothing and then you know what if it turns out that you're right you can go off but like it's just so crazy that like people would put that out there with absolutely no no proof. no proof or anything and then you know assuming they're wrong which they probably are it's like oh yeah no nothing yeah like I would say how often in the celebrity space like when these things are reported are they fake I would say not very often obviously the one that comes to mind most recently is Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. but that was like an extreme circumstance it, it the way that I saw it and nobody thought it was fake like so I'm not saying that there is even a shred of possibility that this is fake, but like, stop, stop saying that. And if it turns out to be fake, which it's not, like, then you can say your piece. But like, it's really rude to like, just doubt someone's trauma. A hundred percent. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I hope Dorit's okay. I'm sending a lot of love to the Kemsley family. Me too. It seems like she has a lot of people, you know, based on the paparazzi photos of people sitting outside her house, um, a lot of people like around her and supporting her and and checking in on her, which is great. And PK did come home from London and he's been there for her. I just, it's going to, it's going to be a while, I think, before she's able to be herself. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Okay, our next story, also some crazy news from yesterday. Yolanda Hadid claims that Zayn Malik struck her, and he is adamantly denying it. 
So this story has developed a lot since yesterday, but Yolanda is claiming that Zane struck her last week and she's considering filing a a police report, which, by the way, she did file a police report. And as of this morning, Zane um, was charged with these harassment Mm -hmm. charges after, quote, shoving Yolanda Hadid into a dresser and calling her a, quote, fucking Dutch slut in a fight at their Pennsylvania home. The court docs reveal he also screamed at Gigi to strap on some balls. So this morning, more court documents are sharing details of what happened. Yesterday was that he had struck her, and now the court documents confirm that he was charged with four counts of harassment on September 29th. It happened after a fight at the home he shares with Gigi and their daughter. Gigi was modeling in Paris, and Yolanda let herself into the couple's home, seemingly without Zane's consent. A fight ensued in which he allegedly called her a, quote, fucking Dutch slut and said, stay the fuck away from my daughter. He is then said to have phoned Gigi in Paris and berated her down the phone, screaming, strap on some fucking balls. A security guard witnessed the event and he yelled at him, quote, get the fuck out of my fucking house, copper. The fight led to Gigi and Zane splitting. Mm -hmm. Gigi said on Thursday she put out a small statement saying that she's only focused on her daughter. Zane pleaded no contest mm-hmm. to the harassment charges and was sentenced to 360 days probation, an anger management course, and he must have no contact with Yolanda or the security guard who witnessed the fight. Mm. Okay, but you know what? This is like where things become full circle because in at the end of September, I think it was Paris Fashion Week, Gigi was like in the middle of Paris Fashion Week and left in the middle, yeah. like September 29th or 30th. So now it's like everything is kind of coming to light and making sense. Do I think Zane did this? Like 100%. Yeah, this is a crazy, crazy story. So messy. Like, who would have thunk Yolanda would be in the middle? Like, they're just not like that, you know? No, I mean, for any, even if these were not celebrities, like, the idea that your partner, your boyfriend is, like, going to hit your parent. Your mother. Is crazy and, like, scream at her while you're not even, like, it's just a awful awful story apparently the sources are saying that Zane and Yolanda have been at odds since Gigi's pregnancy because he suspected Yolanda of leaking the pregnancy news to the media when it was supposed to be kept a secret that's what the son says okay let's say let's say that that's true let's for argument's sake Gigi is pregnant and I think you know even if Yolanda didn't leak it we probably would have figured it out when she had a baby so let's say that she did leak it. Is that the craziest, most evil thing? Like, you need to strike her and shove her into a dresser and call her a Dutch slut? Like, such an overreaction. Honestly, all that I've heard about Zane in the last couple of years, professionally, I've heard things like just around town, you know, from people that I know. I've only heard the worst, most disgusting things about this person. Like, yeah. for real. I wish I could share them, but I won't. Yeah. I think that this is obviously true. I'm, honestly, I'm glad that they're broken up obviously they have a child together so they have to work how to learn how to co-parent but Gigi's really close with her mom and I think any person even if you're not close with your mom if your boyfriend or your partner attacks your mother like it's so unacceptable no it's it's beyond unacceptable and also I don't know how old Yolanda is but like this is like elder abuse right oh my god (laughs) yeah no like it's obviously not a fair fight like you're almost 30 you're in like amazing shape and you're gonna attack a 55 year old woman Yolanda who's also sick sick oh my god that's so true so it just the whole story is absolutely wild and also like I mean the blinds have been telling us for a very long time yes. you know this is not a good man no 
but it had seemed like they had found their happily ever after. Yeah, and that, like, in a way, they, like, stabilized one, eno- one another, and, like, they really were, like, the best fit for each other. Yeah, because there was a lot of ups and downs, and mm-hmm. it seemed like they were on an up, and, you know, nothing is what it seems. No, nothing is what it seems. But you know what? I'm glad Yolanda's okay, and I'm wishing them the best. Yeah, agreed. Okay, are you ready for our next story? Is it the next story that's brought to you by Babbel, perhaps? Oh, yes, you know I love Babbel. I know you do. Because learning a language can feel very intimidating. When you first decide to start a language, you can be worried about the level of difficulty, the time commitment, or having to hear your accent. Um, But thanks to Babbel, the number one selling language learning app, the whole process is addictively fun, fast, and easy. Whether you want to learn a new language for an upcoming trip, like I should have done when I went to Italy, or as an engaging new hobby, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons for real-world use. You know what? You can never know enough languages, even just the bare minimum when you travel. And Babbel is just like an amazing thing to do before a trip or just as a hobby if you're really wanting to just expand your horizons. They have 15-minute lessons that make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts, and it has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Um, If you don't know Spanish, honestly... Spend some time on Babbel because you got to know Spanish. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel in addition to lessons. You can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. It also comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code TMT. So that's Babbel.com, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code TMT, Babbel. Language for life. Thank you, Claudia. It's a pleasure. Our next story, the armorer on the set of Rust is speaking out for the first time one week after the incident on set. She says that she has no idea where the live rounds came from. So Rust's gun handler is speaking out after the onset death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, claiming she is unaware how live rounds ended up in the firearm given to Alec Baldwin. Um... Actor, as we know, Alec Baldwin was practicing drawing a prop gun while rehearsing for a scene in Rust on October 21st when the weapon went off, according to an affidavit obtained by People. So it turns out New Mexico authorities confirmed that the projectile that killed Helena was a real bullet. Wow. At a press conference Wednesday, the sheriff said investigators discovered 500 rounds of ammunition on set, including a mix of blanks dummy rounds and what we are suspecting are live rounds you know at the time they told Alec Baldwin that the gun was cold meaning that it wasn't active though now we know that it was so the armor is speaking out saying that there are untruths that have been told to the media and that she is devastated and completely beside herself over the events that have transpired in a statement issued by her attorney they said safety is Hannah's number one priority on set Ultimately, this set would never have been compromised if live ammo rounds were not introduced. Hannah has no idea where the live rounds came from. Okay, I have a few things to say about this. Mm -hmm. The first is that I cannot believe that it was a real bullet. I thought maybe, like, you know, one one in a million chance that, like, a blank can actually seriously injure someone. And I thought that that was what was going to happen here. So the fact that it was a real bullet is so shady. Like, 
It's crazy. I just can't believe that. The second thing is that I saw on Twitter and actually just pulled it up. Alec Baldwin is like retweeting this article um, that just kind of absolves him of any blame. Not that I think he's to blame, but it's the New York Times, Times article. Before he handed a revolver that he had declared cold to Alec Baldwin on the set of the film Rust, Dave Halls, an assistant director, told a detective he should have inspected each round in each chamber according to an affidavit, but he did not. So I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like this is so tacky of Alec Baldwin. Like, I get that he wants to absolve himself publicly of any sort of blame because I really don't think it was Alec Baldwin's fault. But I don't know. Like, the woman has, hasn't been dead for a week. Like, can we just... Like, I think just, like, having it out on Twitter is just, like, so low. I agree. Also, it seems to me, like, because based on all the articles, you know, there there was... um you know the armor on set there's Alec there's the person mm-hmm. who said the gun was cold also this woman who was the armorer said she was working two jobs on the movie and that she was complaining that she didn't have that she could, didn't have the bandwidth to do both and ultimately mm-hmm. one of them was going to suffer and, and clearly it was this one but it does feel like everyone is just sort of like passing the blame onto mm-hmm. the next person here and I feel like based on you know how things go it's going to wind up like falling on the shoulders of just some little person in the oh of course in the crew who really like it wasn't it's not their responsibility and like if this armor didn't bring live bullets to right. the sh- to the set then like who brought those bullets especially if there's over 500 rounds of things right. so like but it's just like everyone is saying oh is that person and then that person says it was this person and it's like yep I, even Alec Baldwin is participating in that right and i just feel like it's so disrespectful to like the woman who lost her life to yeah. be like tweeting it wasn't me it is and it's like of course nobody wants Nobody wants to go down for this in a in a legal sense. And I'm sure everybody is living with the guilt. And that's not uh-huh. something that, you know, because th- I'm sure they're asking themselves a million questions of, you know, if things had gone differently, it could right. have been different. Um, but it's it's just like every day it's like, OK, now we're looking at this person and this person's telling us to look at that person. Yeah. And, and in my professional opinion, whoever brought real bullets to a movie set is responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is might sound stupid, but like they're shooting a movie. Isn't there video footage? Not only that, no, it like, might sound stupid. Even, like if they're rolling on, there's a lot of cameras on a set. If they're rolling, even when they're not in action, they always are shooting like behind the scenes stuff. Like I feel yeah. like there's probably a lot of video evidence of like what was going on on the set. Here, here's another question. I know we're filming a movie, and so let's say that it was a fake gun with a fake blank. Why would you aim it at a person? You know? Yeah. Well, for the realisticness of the movie. Also, I think in this case, it was aimed at the camera. Got it. And that's but wouldn't why- the blank have, have broken the camera? It's still like a bullet. It's just like fake, no? I don't, I don't know. Okay, because I guess like, and you know what? Hopefully, this is a terrible, terrible tragedy. Hopefully, it enacts some reformation about how you use guns on movie sets. Like, we are so innovative with CEG, CGI, whatever it's called, special effects. Like, we really don't need to be using like real fake bullets, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I would agree with that. So, it's just a very sad way to learn that lesson. Yes, but it's also not the first time that this has happened. I'm sure you've heard right. about Brandon Lee. Yes. So, I don't know. Okay, switching gears to our next story, a little rebranding news. 
Facebook Ooh. is changing its corporate name Ooh. to Meta. Mark Zuckerberg is now the chairman and CEO of Meta. Meta is the parent company of Facebook's social services and AR VR businesses. It is intended to reflect Zuckerberg's positioning of the company as focused around a metaverse experiences and services, which he hopes will reach 1 billion people in the next decade. He said, our mission remains the same. It's still about bringing people together. But now we have a new North Star to help bring the metaverse to life. And we have a new name that reflects the full breadth of what we do and the future that we want to help build. Yada, yada, yada. So um, can I ask a question? Yes. So does that mean when I open my Facebook app, it's going to be Meta or this is just like the holding company's name? So it's as it's not like that crazy. This is kind of reminding me of like when Google changed to Alphabet. It's like when you still go to Google.com, it's Google. Right. But like so Facebook right now, it's like Facebook was the umbrella. Like it was Facebook was the hub and then they own Instagram and WhatsApp and all these things. But it's like Meta is the hub. And so now even like the stock will be trading under Meta. And I think I also read somewhere and I'm just maybe this is like wishful thinking of how I interpreted it. But he had said that like because of this, like now that everything will be in the metaverse, that you won't need Facebook to like log. No, that doesn't sound right. You won't need like they won't all all these apps won't be connected as much. Right, right. Because like it's like even with like Instagram messaging, even with Instagram messaging, it's like they're always trying to get you to like go back over to Facebook. And so I think this is just a new umbrella company, but I also think it will have practices like it will have them you'll see it more as a consumer than Alphabet per se, but still you're opening your app, it's Facebook. Got it. So it's not meta messenger, like No. No. Okay. So like this is like the most irrelevant news story of all time. It's essentially. It's not irrelevant completely, but it's not like the your Facebook app will now be called Meta. That's okay, not what that's that what is. I thought it was. No, no. Yeah. All right, and I don't own any Facebook stock, so I just will probably remain unaffected by this news story is what you're saying? Yeah, and even if you owned – oh, I guess you would own Facebook stock and then, you know, the ticker changes, but I don't right. know if this will even affect stock prices. It, it To me, it just seems like a way of organizing the company better and also taking the – focus off of Facebook because you know they're always in the news right. and now Facebook yes. is just one of many of their products no you're right like Facebook has the worst reputation like always selling our data privacy leaks I don't really know what they do but it's not good and I'm sure there's a PR element to this as well yes and so like say there's a Facebook outage it's like well that doesn't ex- affect the rest it's of the metaverse it's a meta outage got it got no, it no okay. it's like if there's just a Facebook outage that doesn't necessarily mean Instagram was down yeah, but if it's a meta outage, like that would be what happened last week uh, yes. or two weeks ago. But also what happened two weeks ago was called a Facebook outage because it was the whole company that was down. But that so makes Facebook look really look bad. bad. So now I we understand. can just put all the blame on meta. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. OK, cool. Yeah. So it's something and it's nothing. So much something and so much nothing. Yeah. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Oh my god, already? I know. That's what happens when there's news. It just I know. Okay, well, you know what? It's the final story brought to you by BetterHelp. 
Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist where you can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It is professional therapy done securely online. Here's how it works. You'll log into your account anytime and you can send a message to your therapist. In return, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. They're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches at BetterHelp. So it's easy and free to change your therapist. It's also more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and they also offer financial aid. So if you want to check it out, if you've been meaning to get, you know, your mental health in check, go to betterhelp.com slash toast. That's better com slash toast. Join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. So many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And if you go to betterhelp.com slash toast, you'll get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash toast for 10% off your first month. Great. Okay, our fifth and final story is some interesting film news. Will Farrell is sharing that he turned down $29 million for Elf 2. Because You're lying. Because he's, quote, honest. So despite Elf grossing over $220 million at the box office at the time and even spawning a 2010 Broadway musical, a sequel never came to fruition. Will Farrell has been candid in the past about saying no to a $29 million offer to star in a second film. Now the comedian is opening up as to why he turned down that paycheck. He said, I would have had to promote the movie from an honest place, which would have been like, oh, no, it's not good. I just couldn't turn down that much money. And I thought, can I actually say those words? I don't think I can. So I guess I can't do the movie. Okay, well, you know what? He doesn't know it was going to be bad. And anything Will Ferrell does, like, is good. Yeah, why couldn't he work to make it good? There's, you know, I could see, like, Elf has more to say. There's Jackie, more to I mean, story. Suddenly he has such a high bar for filmmaking. He did Daddy's Home 1 and 2. He did that atrocious Eurovision movie on Netflix. Like, I don't know. He's done some of the, he's done some of the best comedy work in the world. Yes. Well, like, I not would everything just say, is a hit. No, I would say in the, be, do like just addressing Daddy's Home 1 and 2. It's like <laughs> um, Daddy's Home Elf is iconic. So sometimes like when something is like perfect, you just want to leave it. Like you don't want to. That wanna, I understand. But so if Daddy's Home 1 it was like, meh, let's make another one, meh. You know, it's not tainting anything to do more than one. And it's also not all on Will Ferrell's shoulders. Because when I think of Daddy's Home, I mostly think of Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. So, no, by the way, that's a brilliant point. You don't mess with perfection. But why couldn't we attempt to achieve perfection with Elf 2? Like why was it just automatically going to be bad? Yeah, I mean, there are movies that have really, of course, there's such a cliche, like the second movie ruins franchises. And there's a million examples. I mean, Pitch Perfect 3 was one of the worst movies I'd ever experienced in my life. Pitch Perfect 2 was pretty bad also. Yeah, but not as bad as 3. Like, 3 was an actual joke. Yeah. So, but there are movies that have withstood. I think Red, White, and Blonde, Legally Blonde number 2, was excellent. Yes, High School Musical 2 and 3, excellent. Twilight. I mean, I think some of the later ones are better than the original, but that's a book, so that doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. I'm just saying, it doesn't have to be terrible. But I guess what this story really puts into perspective for me is how much money Will Ferrell actually has. Because even if you're like a super famous like movie star, like $29 million is a lot. And I'm sure that's an upfront fee, and he also gets a cut of how the sales go. So like, 
I guess I just never really thought about how much money Will Ferrell had. But now that I think about it, you know, he started Funny, Funny or Die, which is like a very successful media company now. He's got tons, tons, tons of movies, like some of the biggest movies in the world, like iconic movies that we all grew up with. So I guess I just never really put into perspective how much money he had realistically. Yeah. He also said that turning down that money wasn't difficult at all. He remembered asking himself, could I withstand the criticism when it's bad? And they say he did the sequel for the money. I decided I wouldn't be able to. I didn't want to wander into an area that could erase all the good work I've done. But you watch, I'll do some sequel in the future. That's crap. Okay, this is just like a little dramatic. No, it's not making any sense. Okay, the worst thing they say about you is that you did it for the money. And okay, so you do a sequel and it's not like that great. And it erases all the good work you've ever done. Give us a little more credit. Give us more credit. Honestly, I don't know how terrible an elf sequel could be that Will Ferrell is in, that Will Ferrell like writes and works on. I just don't know how really bad earth shattering it could be. Yeah. Career ending. I don't know. I think he was like. He's being a drama queen. He's being a little dramatic. Yeah. But regardless, at least we have Elf 1 and it was ne- we never had to question whether or not the sanctity of it was ruined. Yes, I think what you said is so true. And I'm not understanding all of his logic here. But wanting to keep this one perfect moment, preserve its legacy, that I fully understand. Yeah. So, What other movies do you think are... Would you think that there's movies out there that the second is better than the first? Yes. Oh, you know what's a good example? Hmm. Not better, but just as good. Kingsman. Oh, that is a good example. And they're coming out with a third one soon. I can't wait. Me too. Um, also, Shrek 2 is incredibly good. Ooh, yeah, Shrek But nothing's, nothing's better than Shrek 1. Like, Shrek 1 nothing. is the best. But it's also because yes. Shrek 1 establishes Shrek 2. There's no Shrek 2 without Shrek 1. So the one is always the best. Oh, and then Descendants 1 and 2, both really, really strong. Descendants 3? Three, 3. Nope. Yeah. Um. So it's possible is what we're saying. Yeah, it is possible. And I don't know what, what, what's the key factor, you know? Is yeah, it the plot? Is it the writing? I don't know. I feel like it's, it's this perfect blend of being different than the first, but not so different. And not, this is important, not upending everything we worked for in the first. Oh, okay. Oh, I have a great example. Kissing okay. Booth. Uh, no, no. Because that's books. We're not doing books. Ted 2. <gasps> okay. This is really, really interesting because I know everybody loved Ted 2. And but, I know I like it a lot, but it does have that thing that you were just talking about upending. Like, where's Mila Kunis? Like, where's me, me? Ted two doesn't work because Mila Kunis and Mark Wahlberg were OTP in Ted one, and they never explained to us why it didn't work out. And so yep. I, I just was so distracted the whole movie, like just trying to understand how you can do this without Mila Kunis. It doesn't work without her. No, Jackie, you you literally are just spitting fucking gems here. Like, the key to a successful sequel is not to upend. Everything that we came to love, like the relationships, the, the, the way that the stories were tied together, like to completely undo that. It's like we wasted our time in the first one. Yeah. And now we have to go through this again. And it just like, even if, it, if by the end we're successful again, it just, it makes us feel like we're going to have to go through it again and again and that nothing is certain. Yep. So like, it's like Lily Bond, like Elle and Emmett were never in question in number Ever. two. Ever. And her law degree was never in question. She's just doing bigger and better things. Bigger. Better. So that's the key. The key. 
I feel really good leaving you guys on that note while you head into the weekend and you yes. guys can think about how we could have had an Elf 2 sequel that wouldn't have upended everything we worked for in the first. Oh, and like on our most recent Instagram, because I I'm like, I feel like I'm forgetting a lot of sequels, like drop a movie sequence that like you think that either the sequel like ruined the whole franchise or was just as good. I would just like to remind me of some sequels, you know? Yes, yes. I can't think on my feet right now. That is our show. There's no TV recap, you guys. So that's where we leave you for the week. But just know that come Monday, Toastoween is coming. So don't fret. Enjoy your weekend. Two days of alarm-free living. Acknowledge the space that you're currently in. And we will see you guys on Monday for the most sickening Halloween you've ever experienced. So Mm -hmm. thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, Find us, Morning Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. If you made it to the very end of this episode, congratulations. You are a true toaster, and you are a part of the Society Season 2. And if you're here, drop an emoji on our most recent Instagram of the teddy bear in honor of Ted and Ted 2. Beautiful. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Bye. Bye.